to see you folks. God bless you. Thank you. Uh, we've already uh, witnessed God's goodness. We've already witnessed uh, God's blessings, and we've already praised God for what he's done. Let me just remind you, he's done something in your life as well as he has done something in my life. So don't ever forget that. We can always have a praise to an awesome God. And, and uh, let's see, Paul, thank you for sharing that testimony. It's awesome what prayers can do and how that we can feel those prayers when they are being offered up on our behalf. And sometimes when we are in a situation that, uh, that would warrant fear, because of your prayers, that fear was not there. So, so don't ever forget that prayer is not a thing to do. It's the best thing that we can possibly do anytime, anywhere uh, in our lives. Let me just remind you uh, of something that, that is going on at Hills Ford and probably, probably here as well. You're probably praying for her as well. Uh, Kim Alls, uh, uh, she is a younger lady, and when you're my age, everybody under 70 is young, uh, but uh, she's a younger lady that was pronounced with cancer about uh, maybe two years ago, and, and she was given three months to live, and she has lived two years or maybe more than that uh, with her cancer. They've treated her uh, just about every way they could. Uh, her faith has, has been strong, and it, it, has, it has encouraged me as to what faith can do. And eventually, she, they had tried all of the treatments uh, that, they, that they could try, and they wasn't working, and they sent her home with hospice. And you know what she did? She went to the beach after she got home. She went to the beach and had had a, a, a good time there, but, but her faith has really uh, made me believe more in faith. You say, well, pastor, you, you, you are a preacher or a pastor. You should, your faith should be strong. But no, there are times in my life that mine is weak as well. And this girl has improved my faith, listen to me, in faith. My faith in faith. If you have your Bibles today, turn with me. Uh, to the book of Acts, the chapter 9. We're looking at the first 18 verses. And you, you've already heard, well, let me back up just a little bit. When I first came in this morning, a lady asked where Mama was. Now, I've been with you guys enough to know who Mama, you know who Mama is. But uh, asked me where, where Mama was and why she didn't come with me. Well, Mom is involved in Hillsford Church in a Sunday school, but you, you don't tell her this, but maybe she just don't like my preaching. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe that was it. But, but anyway, she's involved in a Sunday school class at Hillsford, and that's why, that's why she's not with me today. But one lady, when I walked in, said, I'll show you the door. Asked me where Mama was, and... I didn't have an answer for her, and she said, I'll show you the door. And she actually started to the door to show me the door. 
So you're putting up with me today because she didn't show me the door or didn't open the door for, for me to go out. But the service has been good. It's been great. Two things in your bulletin uh, that, that I love, and that is the on the face of it where you've got Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory. That has been a theme verse of mine for better than 50 years. And also I had Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. So God is going to supply our needs, whatever they are. He is going to supply those needs. Let's read the scripture, and I'm going to, uh, I'm going, this is a scripture that, and I was thinking coming over, Acts 9, that, that all of us have heard preached before. We've heard taught, it taught in our Sunday school classes before. So it's nothing new, but I, in studying, I found out some things in here that, that, that I had never thought of. I read over some of the important things and, 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 and dwelt on the things that I thought was important in the passage. So this is going to be a little different than what you have heard before. Acts 9, and let's, let's begin with the reading, and I'm not going to read it all at one time. I'm just going to uh, dissect some of it as I read. And the very first verse, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings against the disciples, this were the early disciples of Jesus, not just the 12 disciples, but others that have became a Christian or a follower of Christ, others that had became, and Saul was, Saul, let me remind you, I know you know who Saul was. Saul became Paul somewhere in his life, and we're studying his writing today. A man that, let me remind you what this man was all about while he was Saul. Number one, I'm, we're looking at man's plan. We all have plans. Mom and I and the two grandsons went to, uh, went to uh, Kentucky Fried yesterday and had lunch. That was our plans when they came over. We all have plans. But this particular man called Saul had a plan, listen to me, that wasn't God's plan. Let me remind you, whatever your plan is, God has a better plan. That's why it's good to know God. It's good to know that he loves us. And you've heard this before, just like we are, but he loves us too much to let us stay that way. That's the God that we serve. That's the God that we're worshiping today. That's the God that these folks had that have just gone through surgery are honoring today in, in their lives. That is the God. And God always has a better plan than my plan, than your plan. And Saul had a plan, but God had a better plan. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings 
and slaughters against the disciples, the early Christians of the Lord, went to the high priest and desired of him letters or maybe warrants in our time to go to Damascus, go into the synagogues, and arrest all of those that believe in Christ. Let me just add something here. I'm proud of America. I'm not proud of the direction that she's going in, but I'm glad to be an American where we can't or don't have to worry about somebody walking in those doors, and I know that we're in a different era right now, and arresting us for being a child of God. That is our choice. That's what the folks in World War I and World War II and the other campaigns have allowed us to be, to be free to choose, to be free to choose. Paul was headed to Damascus, and it was headed there to arrest those that were Christians, just like you and I are. I hope everybody in here is a child of God, have already accepted Christ. If you haven't, I certainly hope the Holy Spirit will tap on your heart's door before we finish this message. But, but Saul was headed to Damascus, got permission, but listen to me. He got permission from the wrong person. He got permission from the high priest. That was the pastors of those days in the churches. These were, these were Jews, and uh, they didn't like what was going on. They didn't like the message that Jesus came to bring. They didn't like the message that the early disciples were sharing with others. So Saul's plan was not God's will for his life. Think about your plan. Does that include God's will for your life? Does that include God's will for my life? So let's move on a little further. And then number two is God's plan. Verses uh, three through nine. And as he journeyed, as who journeyed? As Saul journeyed from Jerusalem to Damascus. And that, scholars tell us that that's anywhere from, from 80 to 100 miles on foot or maybe on a donkey. I'm not sure. I know it wasn't a bus. But they traveled some 80 miles. Saul was angry. He was angry. Listen to me. We're going to get to it in just a minute. He had a bad attitude about the people they was going to arrest, about Stephen, that he had stood there and watched the people stone him to death. And he's headed down to try to stop the movement of God. Now, I'm going to say this before I get to the scripture part. God stopped the movement of Saul before Saul could stop the movement of God and the early Christians. And we can be glad that the early Christians were not stopped because we heard the message down through the years and we are here today because God did not allow man's plan to interrupt God's plan. Let's go back into our reading, 3 through 9. And as he journeyed, as Saul journeyed, he came to Damascus. 
And suddenly there shined round about a great light. Now I want to go back to Saul came near Damascus. And I want to add something that you probably haven't heard. And you won't read them in your contemporary, in your commentaries. But Saul had a bad attitude, listen to me, and God wasn't going to allow Saul to move into Damascus, listen to me, with a bad attitude. That's why, that's why he just came near Damascus. He wasn't allowed to go into Damascus with the attitude that he had. Now, let me just remind you of something. Our attitudes makes a difference. It makes a difference in the way that we read the Bible. It makes a difference in the way we worship. It makes a difference in the way that we sing. Attitudes are important. And let me remind you, God likes us just like we are, but he loves us too much to let us stay that way. Our attitudes is a thing that God don't want us to have an attitude like Saul. You say, well, I would never have that. Well, I hope we wouldn't ever have that. But one of the things we find or I find in this passage is that our attitudes makes a difference with our relationship with God. It makes a difference with our relationship with God. So sometimes my attitude is not an attitude that God loves. Maybe someone sitting in here has an attitude problem. Then what we need to do is be reminded of Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Maybe we can change that attitude, and God will help us to change that attitude. So here's where we're going. Acts 3 through 9, I'm reading over again. And as Saul journeyed, he was probably thinking about those Christians that he was going to arrest. So as he journeyed near Damascus, I like that word near in this passage. He did not get into Damascus with the attitude that he had. So as he traveled near Damascus, then God was ready to explain or define his plan. Now we're going into God's plan. So as he traveled and had the wrong attitude, God immediately changed that attitude. He can change my attitude. He can change your attitude if we allow him to do that. Attitudes, attitudes are things that hinder us from honoring God in the way that we live our lives. So that light shined, verse 4, and, and, and Saul, this is still Saul, fell to the earth heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, God knew his name. God knows your name. Don't ever forget 
that wherever we are in our spiritual walk with Christ, that God knows our name. God knows our name. And he said, Saul, Saul, why persecuteth you me? And Saul answered, listen to this. Here's a man going to stop the Christian movement. And Saul answered and said, who art thou, Lord? Called him Lord right off of the bat. Right off of the bat. And the Lord said, I am Jesus. Now, Jesus had already lived his life on earth. He's already been crucified. He's already been buried. He's already rose again on that third day. And he lived here on this earth for 40 days in a resurrected body. And you and I will do that as well as a Christian when it's God's timing for us. So Jesus said, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus Christ, whom you persecuted. Now, let me remind you of a little something here. This is an insert into this message. Whenever we talk about a child of God that is not honoring that individual as a child of God, we aren't really talking about that person. We are talking about Jesus Christ. Paul didn't go to arrest Jesus. He knew that he couldn't, but he went to arrest the Christian. And here we find Jesus saying, you are persecuting me, my movement. And then Paul went on with that conversation. And, and, and Jesus said to Paul, it is hard for you to kick against the prick. Now, let me talk about that just a little bit. In some study, I found that was when back when they used oxen to pull the plows, till the ground. It was a stick of how long it needed to be and had a little sharp point on the end. And you would punch the ox when you wanted them to move a little faster or work a little harder. And the ox would kick. That's what Jesus is talking about. Paul, you are kicking against my will for your life. You are kicking against my will for your life. And that's not good. And that's not good. And Paul said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I'm Jesus. It is hard to kick against my will, verse 6, and he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, listen to this. Here's a man that's going to arrest the people. Here's a man that held the cloaks for those that stoned Stephen, one of the first deacons in our Baptist churches, we call it, one of the first deacons and one of the first Christian martyrs that was. And here Saul was holding their clothes or cloaks while they stoned him to death. And now he's asking, what will you have me to do? This, let me tell you a little bit about who Saul was, in my opinion. He was the meanest man in town. He was the meanest man in town. But God had him on his radar. God knew who Saul was. He knew who he would be if he honored 
God. He knows who you are. He knows who I am. And he knows who we will be if we honor the very presence of an almighty God. How do we honor, uh, how do we honor God, Pastor? Let me just remind you of something. You're honoring God by being present here. Not because I'm here, but because God is here. Through the third person of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, you are honoring God by being present in church today, regardless of who you might be. So we honor God by doing the small things that God would want us to do. We've already talked about prayer, how powerful it was. We've already talked about that this morning. And it is powerful. And reading the Bible is powerful. You know, and I'm not bragging here at all. I think I've said this before, but at my age you can be repetitive. Uh, so uh, uh, I've talked about this before. I've read the Bible through uh, a number of times. The Old Testament, not as much as the New Testament because it's easier to read and faster to read. But I've read it through many times. But now when I'm studying the Bible, there's a difference to me in reading the Bible and studying the Bible. I'm finding out that God speaks to me through His very Word. Have I heard Him verbally speak? I have not. If you say that you have, I won't argue with you, but I have not. But I have heard him speak and felt his presence when I was reading the very word of God. And I was reading, trying to see what God was saying to me. That's when I picked out in this particular passage that attitudes make a difference. Saul's attitude God wasn't about to allow him to go among his Christian people, to go among those that were sharing the gospel, teaching the gospel, spreading the gospel. He wasn't about to allow Saul to do that. How do I know that, preacher? The Bible tells me so. That's how did I know that. So then now Saul is asking him, Lord, what would thou have me to do? And, 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 and Jesus told him what to do, to go, go into Damascus, not looking for Christians, but looking, not, not, not looking to arrest Christians, but looking for one named Ananias. Ananias was a child of God, and God was going to use Ananias in a way that Ananias didn't want to be used. That's who God is. He uses us in ways that we don't understand why. We don't always understand the reason. But God always had a reason. And he had a reason in Saul's life for allowing him, for allowing him to go to Damascus, but not entering it with the right attitude. And, 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 and Saul got up and of course, we know the scriptures. By that light, he was blinded, uh, and for three days, he couldn't see. So then God began to speak to Ananias. Let me tell you something. I try to find myself in the scriptures somewhere. 
whenever I read them. I kind of find myself a little bit here with Ananias. And let me, let me, let me tell you why I kind of find myself a little bit with Ananias. When God spoke to Ananias, wanting him to go talk to Saul, here was Ananias' response. Sometimes it's my response in certainly a wrong way. And, and when God spoke to Ananias and told him who he wanted him to go see, and Ananias said, this man, listen to me, Hullestonian paraphrasing, this is the meanest man in town. And he's here to arrest us that are believers. And, and you are asking me to go and talk with him, to, to pray with him. And here's what Ananias said. I'm beginning at verse 10 now in our reading. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and he saw in a vision of the Lord talking to him and said, Arise and go into the street which is called Straight and inquire in the house of Judas, one called Saul of Tarshish. I got a feeling that Ananias and Maya said, What? What you talking about, man? What you talking about? And God told him, or Jesus told him, that I, I have sent him a vision that he might receive sight. And Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard many things of this man. He's the meanest man in town. And he has authority here to arrest us that are believers. But I like the buts in the Bible. They always point us to something that's more important than what we're thinking about. But the Lord said unto him, Ananias, go your way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles. Jews hated the Gentiles. You are a Gentile unless you are a Jew here tonight, uh, today. Uh, he hated the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how great things he must suffer in my name. Now, let me just go off of the record just a little bit. I'm going to quit at least in five minutes for sure. So uh, if you're getting ready to go to Wendy's, you, you, you can go in just a few moments. But I remember Saul when he became Paul. He had what the Bible calls a thorn in his flesh. I have no idea. The Bible doesn't tell us what that was. Only, only he had had an out-of-the-body experience. It does tell us that. But Paul's thorn in his flesh, he prayed to God, same, group, same God you've been praying to today, here 2,000 years later, the same God, he prayed to God and to, to take that thorn out of his flesh. And here's what God said to him and answered him, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And God said unto me, Paul now, Paul's writings, my grace is sufficient for you. Strength is made stronger in your weakness. Most gladly, therefore, would I rather glory in my weaknesses that the power of God might rest upon me. You see, some of the things that we go through, it, God isn't punishing us. 
He's just making us, listen to me, he's making us a better person as we move through those things. Your testimony said that to me as you shared it. Kim's testimony says that to me, that what she's going through, she knows that one day she's going to be a better person. It may be in the new life, I don't know, but God knows. But he would not take that thorn in Paul's flesh, whatever it was, he wouldn't take it away. Paul, you need to work with that and move forward in your life. And then here's what happened. When Ananias walked into the house where Saul was, and Ananias went his way as God had commanded and had entered to the house and put his hand on him. What would you think the meanest man in town might do if you just walked up to him and hugged him or put your hand on his, on, on his shoulders or something? I don't think he would respond quite like God had all of this planned out. But if you are doing what God told you to do or asked you to do, then God's got it taken care of. God has got it taken care of. So he put his hand on, uh, on, on Saul, the, the meanest man in town, or what he thought. And then, then he called him Brother Saul. Brother Saul. I'm not going to dwell on that that much, but if you want to call your brother, brother, or your sister, sister, that's okay. That's what Ananias did. He called him Brother Saul. Why? Because God had sent him, and he had prayed for him, and his eyesight had been returned to him, and now he was going to be a messenger of God. Closing out right here, let me tell you. Closing out right here. But, but, we honor God in what he had done in his former attitude. We don't honor him in that, but we honor him after God changed his attitude. He has written more of the New Testament epistles than any other writer. We've probably studied them more than any other writer. So God can make a difference in our lives. As long as we allow him to change our attitude to one that God is not pleased with, to one that God is pleased with. Father, thank you again for the time that we have had together today. Thank you for reminding us of how important our attitudes are with you. Father, may we choose to have a loving, a caring, an honoring, an encouraging attitude to where we can move forward with you in whatever you are requesting that we do as a child of God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.